guess I didn't get the story of what it, what exactly is a mouth hug. <laughs> you don't know what a mouth hug is. <laughs> no. Uh, Freaking, uh, what's her name said that? She's like, I heard it at the hospital, a mouth hug. Oh, so here we are, and where are we? Freedom Customs, uh, Kingsland, Georgia. A little bit closer to the mic. <laughs> Freedom Customs. <laughs> Freedom right, so Customs, Kingsland, Georgia. Kingsland, Georgia. All right, and who are you? <laughs> uh, Tim Redman Pew, owner, operator, sole proprietor, <laughs> one man show. There you go. So, uh, those of you that don't know, uh, Tim is locally known as, as one of the, the better painters on the East Coast. So, uh, <clears throat> Yeah, we're doing a little interview today. The whole freaking coast? The whole coast, yeah. Dude. Yeah. Well, at least, you know, <laughs> from, from Kingsland to... Uh, St. Mary's. St. Mary's. There you go. <laughs> got this three-mile radius. <laughs> Pretty, kind of a big deal. Right. Nobody does it better. <laughs> um, but, so, no, we're, we're just talking about... Uh, we were talking this morning about painting, and I was asking about, you know, apprenticeships and, and how that works, and, you know, Tim was saying that he would be willing to go on the podcast and, and talk about painting. So that's what we're going to get into today. Uh, first of all, let's find out a little bit about you. So uh, what, where'd you grow up? Uh, I, I grew up in the Midwest uh, on a farm, and uh, I just wanted to get the hell off the farm and join the Navy when I was 17 and went off and did uh, like 28 years in the Navy. Ended up here in southern Georgia. And when did you get into motorcycles uh when we got a sears and roebuck pull start mini bike in like uh in the 60s and uh i would have to fight the older brothers for a chance to ride it but ever since then when i was like six i had a motorcycle my whole life and, uh, so dirt bikes motorcycles um but your shop isn't just strictly motorcycles i mean you do do cars and furniture and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I prefer to do just motorcycles. And uh, so there's a Trans Am that's been in the shop for too many years that uh, it was like swap work with a guy. And uh, so it's a, a 77 Trans Am. And instead of the decals, I'm uh, airbrushing the, uh, the the screaming chicken on the hood and the uh, all the graphics will be airbrushed instead of decals. Um, and I have a vet that I, I have promised a guy I've got to spray paint paint for him uh not rattle can and uh other than that i all these it's all bikes yeah so with the the custom bike thing what um how, how did you get into that part of it with you know learning to paint and how did you get started with all that yeah uh, i was in hawaii and uh that was uh late 90s early 2000s and i've always had Everyone change your handlebars, change your pipes, and your bike is custom. Uh, but then the, the big chopper craze uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s, I'm like, man, I want to build my own bike. But I was in Hawaii, and everything was expensive as hell, you know, for shipping costs as much as the parts or more. And uh, so I built a bike there, and uh, there was a Coast Guard dude, and I can't even remember his name, but he would come around the auto hobby shop and... I learned painting. I could paint vehicles. I learned that from my father-in-law. But airbrushing, I learned from some Coast Guard guy. And, uh, I mean, he was just just a normal dude. And he's like, yeah, let me show you how to do this. And you do this and you do that. Some guy from Arizona. And uh, 
you know, he gave me some stuff to go read and to go look up, you know, go check out these websites or whatever. And then I took it from there. And then actually, so I was airbrushing for probably about eight or 10 years. And then when I retired from the Navy, my in-laws bought me a, uh, like one of those airbrush getaway courses. Um, and uh, I think Airbrush Circus is doing it now. But they sent me to, they paid for me to go to one of those courses. It was up in Charlotte. It was like a, like a four-day course. And I, and I thought I knew a little bit about airbrushing, but then you just sit and do it all day. And uh, it was good. It had some really good guys on there. Rhino was there. Um, the Australian guy, Terry. Uh, a few other big-name painters. Uh, Ryan Sinclair. But it was pretty cool. And after that, I just stuck with airbrushing. Uh, right. So that's mostly, you know, the, the custom work is what you're doing in here, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I love candies. I love flake, like bass boat flake. Uh, the more flake, the better. Um, I both love and hate that Harley started doing it again, you know, because it's good to see it. But uh, pretty soon that's going to become normal, and it won't. nobody will care anymore. It won't be anything special because... It's coming from the factory that way or whatever but that so a lot of flakes pearls uh candies and and then some airbrush some graphics and things like that uh, you ever get into doing any of the gold leaf stuff or oh yeah leaf? oh yeah um gold leaf silver leaf um and it, it, it's actually the funny thing is that it's it's so simple to do and it seems like that's that sacred thing like gold leaf or silver leaf and it's amazingly simple to do you could do it. (laughs) (laughs) So somebody that just wants to get started, right? Like, you know, right now, I know a lot of builders, you know, that do bikes, paint something that usually send out to somebody else because there's a lot of equipment. There's a pretty steep learning curve, especially if you're trying to teach yourself. Um, So, you know, what do you think is the best way to learn and, and how would you get started in it if you were just starting out now? Right. So... Uh, I've seen some pretty awesome paint jobs done with rattle cans, you know, so, and, you know, a lot of people, it's like, hey, I, I built this to ride, you know, yeah, pretty's extra, but uh, but I appreciate the people that want it pretty, you know, and bring some business, but, uh, I, like, the guns I use are, are fairly expensive, the SADA guns, so they're really good guns, but the difference between them and a, a starting line gun, you go and pay 30 bucks for um, there is a difference, but the guy first starting out wouldn't notice that. And, uh, the, you know, it's the prep work that makes the paint look good. Uh, and then the final buffing, that was probably the hardest thing that the hardest lesson to learn was buffing. I burnt so many paint jobs cause there's no like, Hey, here's a video on how to go buffing or before YouTube, you know, there, there wasn't, and there wasn't, Hey, I'm going to get this guy to come around and show me how to buff a car because, that guy didn't exist, you know, that you got detail shops that buff for detail, but then you got automotive, you know, paint buffers. Uh, it's a whole other animal. And that's, that gets expensive when you burn through some paint and have to redo everything, but tough lessons are kept. So if, if you'll humor me on this one, so what, what's the difference between like a single stage and uh, a dual stage? Uh, so you have single stage, you have base coat, clear coat, which I guess you, you'd call it dual stage, which you just call it base coat, clear coat. And then you have tri-stage, which is like your candies. Um, 
single single stage is just what it sounds like. Uh, you paint it, and then it dries shiny, and you don't have to put clear coat on top of it. And uh, it's relatively inexpensive. Um, it's not relatively easy to spray necessarily, because if you screw up the paint job, it's not like, hey, I can wet sand and put clear coat over it, because there's not a clear coat. Um, uh, a lot of the hard spots with that people have is they, you put it on too heavy, you get fish eye. If you got you got a can of WD-40 sitting in the back of the, the garage while you're painting, it you know it's really sensitive to chemicals and things like that. Uh, base coat, clear coat is pretty much every vehicle you see coming out of the factories and motorcycles. They'll have a, a base color, and then they'll have um, which is when you're spraying base coat, clear coat, you do two to three coats of base. And then two to three, I, I would say three, always three coats of clear on top. And then, uh, and then you can go back and uh, wet sand, buff, make it look pretty shiny. And then the, uh, the tri-stages are when you have a base color and then a candy, and candies are all transparent, uh, and then you clear coat on top of that to protect it. And uh, see, you might see the car like uh, the 71 Monte Carlo, that's the uh, the candy red, but it's on the edges. It's like faded to like a, a pink color or whatever, and that's that's them putting the candy on. You know, enough coats of candy. Usually, candy is like four coats, uh, but not putting enough clear, not putting a good clear on it, because candies are real. Um, they fade out with the sun. They're real susceptible to UV, so you got to use good quality clears. So. And then with the uh, the flake, so what, what's the process for flake? How is that different from candy? Uh, flake is uh, usually silver flake or gold flake, but uh, like Paint Huffer Metal Flakes has got like every color flake you can imagine. They're a fairly new company, and they're really good. I like their products, uh, and they're not outrageously expensive like that other long-standing company. But... Uh, so flake is just what it says. It's metal. It's little scrapes of metal or shards of metal. Uh, and you can either put that on dry, like you'd, you'd spray a wet coat, and you can blow it on with a, like a blow gun um, that puts it on dry, or you can mix it in a, a carrier and spray it on wet. I, I almost always do wet. So, and then you would clear coat on top of that. A lot of wet sanding involved. So when you're wet sanding, in, are you actually like knocking down the sharp edges on the flake or... No. Just to build up the layers. Yeah, so if you're hitting flake, uh, then you need to stop <laughs> uh, and you want to put more clear on. Uh, so you want there to be enough clear on top where you're not really busting into the flake. Um, but the, uh, like I just used some blow from uh, Paint Huffer and I mixed it way too thick uh, because I like lots of flake and Man, it, it looked like bedliner when I was done putting it down. And uh, so I, I put a, a butt ton of clear on top. You know, I did four really heavy coats, you know, and then go back and wet sand. Most of a painter's time is wet sanding and taping. <laughs> that is probably 90%. And then you spend nine hours taping and 10 minutes spraying. Right. So if, if somebody's just getting started and they're going to do something in, like, you know, set up like a tent area or something like yeah. that. Um, you know, what, what are some of the, the safety things that, that they don't, you know, 
I, I want to say most backyard painters are probably going to not know about safety. <laughs> safety do I look like Mister Safety? <laughs> uh, you do want to have a respirator. My my father in law, he's like seventy nine now. So maybe it's not bad for you. He ain't kicked it, but he would, when he was teaching me to paint, he'd be like smoking a cigarette, spraying a car. You know, no respirator. I'm like, dude, I gotta have a respirator. This sucks. Uh, so I've sometimes when I'll paint small things, I'm like, oh, I'll just paint it. I, I don't need a respirator, but I'll feel that. Like the next day, I can feel that shit in my lungs. So uh, not only do I use or always wear a respirator, I started using the uh, the uh, full face one because it's like I could feel it on my eyeballs, you know. So uh, and there's no drugs involved, and uh, so I started wearing the full full face mask. But uh, so you definitely want a respirator, and y- you can just set up plastic. Um, and ha- a lot of people paint not even the plastic. Wet your floor down, you know, to keep the dust particles down. Uh, have a fan running, like shut your garage door down far enough to set a fan on it and have it blowing out, uh, not in to get the dust fumes out. And uh, again, just like I said with rattle can, I've seen a lot of people do great paint jobs just in their backyard, in their garage, or they built a plastic, you know, lean-to with some fans blowing out and uh have done really good paint jobs what about uh is it like so if you're in a garage i remember one of my friends was doing flake and he's worried about his pilot light for his water heater like blowing his garage up is that crazy or is that possible uh i don't know you don't know <laughs> i've never heard of that but yeah uh so you know paint's flammable you know or atomizing it but I, I don't know. I've never heard that before. All right. <laughs> all right. I'm just asking all the dumb questions of everything I've ever right. thought of and wanted to ask somebody that. Yeah, so you, know. <laughs> you, you were asking about, hey, how does, it, how does somebody get started out? And the thing that it used to bug me and, it, you know, our conversation this morning, it still bugs me, is people won't share what they know. And there's a whole bunch of forums out there, out there, but you don't know what you're getting for advice, you know, or how much experience they do or don't have. And, you know, it could be a a keyboard tough guy who's uh, sitting in his mom's basement talk, telling you how to paint your freaking $300 worth of freaking candy paint, you know, and then plus $300 of clear. But uh, I, I wish painters talked more about what worked for them, what didn't work for them, or a lot of times you'll see uh, some really cool um, processes or special effects, things like that. You know, the antique look we talked about, uh, image transfers, things like that. Um, and I wish painters would share more. And I, I had a, a guy tell me, he's like, hey, I asked him about a process. I had uh, IM'd him. He's like, oh, I can't tell you because, you know, I do this for a living. I'm like, dude, you're in France. I'm in South Georgia, you know. <laughs> I promise not to steal any of your business. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I wish guys would share that more. You know, just build a passion for, you know, the motorcycle industry, the painting, um, and pass it on to someone else. You know, let, let other people learn and know know what's going on. But, yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't know enough about paint to actually even ask, like, more questions. Yeah, so. so what, what else is on? Any other so nuggets it, of wisdom? I, I mean, you you always hear, like, oh, it's not the paint that counts, it's the prep work, and, you know, that's pretty true. Um, I, when you take parts, you know, and you, almost all parts, especially brand-new parts, need Bondo. And people are like, oh, I don't want any Bondo in my, in my paint job. 
I'm like, well, I can leave those waves in the metal, you know, and and all the uh, the seams from the when they uh, press that that fender, and you have all the grooves in it, et cetera, from the uh, the process of making it and forming it, but uh, wouldn't look too good on paint. So uh, you see a, a lot of people will just skim coat everything, just skim coat the whole fender with Bondo and then sand it all down. And then it doesn't stay all Bondo. You know, there's a thin layer is filling in those little grooves and things like that. And that's, that's where like Bondo and, uh, you know, other fillers got a bad name is because people use it wrong. Like, oh, there's a dent. I'll just fill it with Bondo and level it out. And that, that's not what it was meant for. Uh, but everything gets like an etch coat, you know, for a, a primer that adheres to the metal and helps uh, protect the metal and helps everything above it adhere. Uh, you get, you know, a skim coat of polyester or Bondo, you know, to, to get everything nice and smooth, gets primed at least once, probably a few times, wet sanded. Um, a lot of people don't do the wet sand anymore. A lot of people just dry sand, but I, I wet sand. It's, when it's motorcycle parts, not cars, I just wet sand everything by hand. And I mean, that's what I like about motorcycles. You can, one person can do it all. And, uh, uh, and if you screw it up, it's not that hard to redo. I just, I just did a candy job. And if you weren't here, I'd have been cussing and swearing and throwing shit because I put a run in my candy uh, by adjusting the spray pattern on my gun. I put it on too narrow, put the candy on too thick, and it freaking <coughs> put a nice run in it. Um, but so the prep work, you know, the prime, get everything nice and smooth. And then your base coat, it is uh, like two to three coats of base coat. Get it nice and solid. Don't try to put it on too heavy the first coat. You know, put a nice dust layer and build it up. And then uh, this wait the uh, right amount of time. You know, down here it's hot and it's humid all the time. I'm like five minutes flash off time. We're usually, you know, in a normal, not freaking Sahara temperatures. You'd be given 10 minutes between coats. Uh, and then do your clear coat and then but always put three coats of clear if you put two coats of clear on in two years then people are going to be pissed at you so uh so a question about cost right so a lot of people don't know um you know because it seems like a paint job is really expensive right. right to somebody that doesn't know what goes into it and so just the cost of materials, you're talking about $300 worth of color and $300 worth of clear. You know, so if I came to you and I said, hey, I've got this frame and this fender and this tank, you know, um, do your thing. Like in material cost, how much would you say average, you know? Yeah, so if somebody's wanting a frame, a tank, and two fenders, you know, I guess, you know, one, there's all the variables, like, is it all beat to crap, you know, right. is it all rusted, is it got holes, does it need weld? Uh, but let's say you bring me a tank, two fenders, and a frame, and it's all in pretty decent shape. Uh, it, you're, you're, like, a tank and two fenders, single color, with not a lot of bodywork and stuff, you're probably looking 500 bucks. But then you say, oh, but you know what, I've decided I want uh, candy apple red, or red, white, and blue. America or or whatever then you know all of that kind of adds the cost up but uh like base coat clear coat you know I can mix your paint right off my machine uh, like I wanted a color of this 98 Chevy Blazer you know or or whatever for base coat clear coat and the cost of base coat clear coat's not outrageous um but when you start talking about candies and 
because then you're going to do your base, you probably clear coat and wet sand, and then do your candies, clear coat and wet sand, and then clear again, and then wet sand and buff. So, you know, time and materials add depending on... Right, but like for a garage painter, right? Like if I'm just trying to do this oh, for my own Oh, bike, right on, right on. Like how much am I going to be looking at just to get, you know, so, rolling for myself, right? I, like, oddly enough, um, like Starting Line, I think, is the company that makes... You know, a garage user's paint gun, a spray gun that I can run off my compressor, you're going to want to buy, they have like disposable uh, connections for moisture separators. You don't want any moisture in there that aren't very expensive. Um, and like AutoZone or Advanced Auto, they sell some paints now, um, like single stage paints. Um, you could do your frame and both your fenders, go buy the gun and, you know, the filter or whatever, Everything you needed, other, other than an air compressor, most garage people have those um, for, you know, less than 200 bucks, you know, easy. But, and you think so that would be enough paint to mess up and sand it down and paint again? <laughs> <laughs> like that candy job in the booth now? Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. So, and obviously, you know, like you're a painter and you paint for other people, but... You know, for your yourself, like, I mean, to me, it seems like it'd be a lot more satisfying if, if I, you know, if it wasn't like the greatest paint job, but I can tell people, yeah, I painted that, right? Like, how cool is that when you, when people check out your bike and they're like, oh, who painted it for you? And you can be like, oh, yeah, uh, I yeah. painted that. that that's know? why I wanted to learn how to uh, airbrush and stuff. Uh, you know, I, I already knew some painting. I'd learned it from the father-in-law. But uh, like uh, my 78 shovel, we were talking about the paint job on it. Like, I, I won't change it because my brother painted that. And that was the first paint job he ever did. And, uh, you know, I was, I was teaching him how to spray and how to paint and stuff. And he didn't want to do it when he was doing it. It was funny because he didn't want to do the clear coat because that's where you can screw up, you know. And, and, like, shit, if you put runs in it, that's no charge for the extra clear, you know. Right. <laughs> It'll wet sand and buff out. But uh, so I'm proud of that paint job because it's my brother, you know. My brother did it, but yeah, I love the fact like like the Dyna, the paint job on the Dyna, just it, it's a Mexican blanket, or I like to say Indian blanket without the smallpox. But uh, it took like hours to just sit there and tape everything out, you know. But man, that's my therapy. Right. I, I dig that. And then when people say, "Oh, cool paint job, who did that?" Yeah, yeah, I did that. You know, and, it, and if I didn't have a shot, I'd I'd be even more proud of it. You know. Right. But, uh, yeah, definitely. So, you know, I know Eastwood's a real common, like everybody knows Eastwood is, you know, for getting your paint supplies, is that one of the the more economical ways? And how does that compare with, say, like stuff from Harper Freight, right? So, like sandpaper's a consumable that adds up. For materials, I wouldn't buy my paint from Eastwood, but materials and stuff, Harper Freight's fine for like sandpapers and stuff like that. But there are some online uh, paint supply stores like uh, Coast Airbrush, uh, TCP Global is uh it's tcpglobal.com i think and they anything you can think of from base coat clear coat to candies flakes um if you want to if let's say you want to do a a mermaid stencil or a mermaid uh airbrush on your tank they have like stencils that are like six layer stencils and you line them up and you put the paint on there and you're like hey look i did an airbrush but uh, and that's cool yeah just to say you did it yourself right the red shovel uh, that I disassembled for some reason, but uh, 
everything on that bike I did myself. You know, I assembled, I put it all together myself. I didn't, I didn't manufacture anything for that bike. I, I assembled that bike. So not a bike builder, but that was a, um, to just say that, hey, I did everything for this bike, you know, from putting it all together to putting the paint on it. And, uh, and, and Wanda did the seat. Uh, to say, hey, it was all in the family. We did this ourselves. That was pretty cool. So, so I know who Wanda is, but oh yeah, so for our listeners, <laughs> Wanda's uh, my wife of 35 years of marital freaking bliss, uh, as she likes to say. <laughs> but uh, she does uh, leather tooling. She does amazing sewing and stuff. So I, and uh, I don't even know how she got into leather tooling. I'm glad she did, but uh, she does some really cool leather tooling and. Uh, I wish I could get her to do more of it. She's more into the seamstress thing, but when I can get her to tool, she does some pretty amazing stuff. Right. Yeah. So if, if somebody wanted to reach out to you for paint work, I mean, is that something that you take on, or how selective are you about the jobs that you take? I know, obviously, well, those of you that don't know, me and Tim ride together in a club, and we're, we're some of his best customers, even though he probably doesn't charge us enough for it. <laughs> You know, probably working for free or losing money half the time. But, uh, you know, if, if somebody else wanted to hit you up, you know, um, I'll put the information on the blog. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, but is that something that you're you're open to doing? And Yeah, absolutely. So I'm uh, uh, I have a day. So shop's pretty big and I got all the right equipment, but I have a day job. Uh, I work for uh, uh, a military contractor. I'm a field engineer. Uh I'm trying to quit that job and do this full time again. Uh, so definitely I'll take the work, send it my way. I, I would just caution um, people that aren't in the area. Uh, so I've got you know the paintwork that's covered up on the table now because it's double top secret. Uh, it came from California and I was talking to the guy and I'm like, hey, you shipped all this UPS, you know that, what did it cost you to ship it? And it was like almost a grand. Oh shit. I'm like, dude, <laughs> there's other ways to ship. You know, I wouldn't send it Greyhound, you know, because they're going to be throwing your boxes around. But like Fastenal, uh, you see on Instagram, a lot of people say, hey, I'm selling this engine. Be happy to drop it off at Fastenal and ship it. Fastenal's got a really good shipping program and uh, far, far cheaper than UPS or uh, FedEx or anybody like that. But, right. Uh, so if anybody's looking to ship parts, definitely uh, would take it in. But uh, people in the southeast, just come by Kingston, Georgia, hit me up. Nice, nice. And uh, so on the Fastenal, just, you know, I've, I've shipped motors and frames on Fastenal, but I imagine if you wanted to ship tins, you could just box it up real nice and put it on a pallet and strap it down and wrap it in saran wrap or whatever, and they'll take it like that, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the, the inside of the box, don't use the fucking popcorn. It gets all over with the shop. <laughs> Uh, you know, they get those little blow-up things that you put right. in the box, hold everything in place, or even some old rags or whatever. Right. But, uh, the only, I wouldn't say downside, but I want to make stuff, sure stuff is good and cured before it gets shipped back. You know? Right. So uh, add, add some time in there for shipping and stuff. But Yeah. So as far as, like, you know, like the, the trends in painting go, you know, like I, I watched, you know, just over the last 20 years, you know, like the different style of, of paint and, you know, like the pro street years. You can tell an era by the paint job. Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so like, 
you know, with the Pro Street and the really bright colors and the geometric shapes and the the checkerboards. You remember all right. that shit? You oh, know? yeah. That was hot yeah, shit. those. <laughs> right, you know, and then... And then it got, you know, the, the custom paint thing got really big with like the, you know, almost like Easter egg paint jobs that were just, yeah. you know, incredible paint work. But now, like you see those and they, they're starting to look a little dated now. Right. So yeah. like, you know, we're talking a little bit about the patina trend. You know, do you see that being something that, you know, because it seems like this generation is really kind of hung up on like things that are authentic, like like film photography. Right. Because I do the film photography and. It seems like the more I mess up and like screw up my exposures and it's grainy and it's a mess and there's scratches in the negatives, it's like the more people fucking like it, you know, like light leaks and shit. You know, and I look at it as a, somebody who's done photography for 25 years and I'm like, God, this is fucking terrible, you know, and, and but it'll be one of my most popular photos, you know, like so to me. Oh, man, that, that's so funny. Like the patina thing, right? And like the survivor chopper, you know, and quote unquote survivor now. Yeah. You know, like do you see that being a, a, a big thing? So I, I'll come back to the story about your mess up because I got a, a really funny story about a paint job. Me and uh, Louie, who, who helps out here a lot, did. But um, I think the trend right now is going, um, maybe it's early in the trend, but I think it's going to... Uh, like old school colors, um, you know, not really pastels, uh, but I've seen some just beautiful, like, you know, a, a light tan or beige with a root beer color and some gold, you know, gold leaf striping or something like that. Some guys out there have just put out some incredible work and, or the old, you know, a blue that is kind of like, kind of reminds you of the 1940s or something like that. And I think, right, I think the trend is going that way right now. And, um, you know, the, the more things change, the more they stay the same, or or it's gonna come back around in 20 years, except for fat tires. I hope, I hope that never comes back. <laughs> oh, it's but, coming back. <laughs> I, I'm telling everybody, man. I'm, I'm saving up my money right now for a so, West Coast chopper. Like 10 years ago, I'm like, hey man, the freaking band craze is coming back. It's when me and my father-in-law ran the shop together, and I'm trying to convince him we need to go buy a couple bands and start start doing bands from like the 70s, you know with the sorcerer on the side of the van and crap and uh, it's coming back but it's it's really cool to see that the van craze is coming back and uh, uh, that's pretty cool but we ha we had a paint job the dude was from um, Kansas City I think the area code out there is 913 or something like that but uh, he wanted that on the bottom of his fairing it was a sport bike and uh, so we painted it like Kansas we called it Kansas City Chiefs bike because he wanted the theme bike with all the Kansas City Chiefs stuff on it, and, uh, and I had the area code at the bottom. Well, I did when I do uh, numbers and lettering. A lot of times I'll use my graphic plotter, and I didn't I didn't scuff it right, or I didn't put hardener or something I didn't do right. When I pulled up the freaking stencil uh, off my graphic plotter, it like peeled some of the paint on the lettering. It was a red fairing with white lettering. I'm like, oh man, this sucks. I'm gonna have to sand it down and redo it. And I started wet sanding it. And it started scuffing it, you know, and I'm like, dude, I'm going to leave it like that. I'm like, Louie, check this out. Like, let's just do it on the other side. And so the other side, we like scuffed it down with Brillo, you know, the, the gray scuff pads and, uh, and a little bit of light wet sanding. And then we clear coated it and we showed it to the guy. And uh, he's like, that's the coolest thing I ever seen. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's custom. So that's like custom, that's custom paint in one fucking quick story. <laughs> but uh, when you take, take something bad and try to make it better, but... Of course, 
like the paint job I just told you, I put a run in the candy, the rookie move, but uh, uh, you can't fix, you can't call that custom. You got to do it from scratch, which is a bad thing about candy. If you, if you get a nick in candy paint, you can't like just touch up that spot. You know, it, it's do, so you got to take all piece. the tape off and strip it down and. So I, I won't have to strip it down. I'll wet sand like I'll wet sand it all down, and that's in a couple of stripes. So I'll wet sand the whole thing. And I'll tape them stripes, and I'll have to put the base. It, it had silver flake underneath uh, the paint huffer again, the uh, the 50-50 flake. Man, I don't even get paid by those dudes. But, uh, <laughs> uh, their product's really good. But uh, I'll put the flake down, and then I'll go back. And I know I know what gun I used. I know the pressure I had, and you know I know how I, I mix the candy. I always mix my candy exactly by direction, so there's never a question. And But you got to do the same number of coats, so it'll match up good. Yes. So, right. so another quick question for you. Again, this is just me asking all the questions I ever, you know, think about. And so, like, if I wanted to do, like, say, like an old enamel, because I did want to get that, like, that, you know, 19, let's say, you know, 52 Chevy blue, the dark blue color, right? Um, and I go on eBay and I find, like, some, some old enamel paint, you know, or touch-up paint from, like, the 60s and 70s. Hey, how how long of a shelf life does that? Have you ever painted with uh, any of that old stuff for like uh, restoration? Is yeah, it even a guy worth brought me with? some old. So tractor paint is almost always enamel, and they make some pretty cool colors. Um, if you're not, I mean, if I'm just painting a bike because I want to ride it around town or I want to ride across country, and a, it's not a show bike or anything like that. Yeah, it looked really cool. Uh, it's, it's not like show quality or anything like that, um, but. Paint does have a shelf life, um, but yeah, if you found something from the '40s, you'd probably have a hard time. It'd be so thick yeah. that, to get it uh, mixed and thinned right. To, but yeah, but you can take um, any any color from, like I, I have a specific CD that's paint colors from the '40s and '50s, and you can mix modern paints with those, those old colors. You can make new paint the same color. So some of the difference, though, like, and I don't know, maybe because it's single stage versus, you know, base coat clear, but, like, if you look at old, you know, bikes, like, the club bikes from the 50s and 60s, right, where yeah. you can tell they're using, like, GM and Mopar colors, yeah, you know, and they're painting the whole, you know, the, the frame and the tank, it was all matching that one color. And if you look at it, you know, and even some of them that I've seen, obviously the paint jobs are 40 or 50 years old, some of the old Survivor bikes, you know, but that that look it's almost like a semi-matte you know what i mean yeah like yeah and that's just happened you know over time but uh because i'm sure when they came from the factory they were nice and shiny and all that you know? right but uh over time they they don't wear the same as like a clear coat and uh in most ways and single stages are better than solid single stages are, right. are better than clear coats because i think the the factory life expectancy of a clear coat is seven years. You know, I see a lot of them start to fade out, but they start to get that milky look to them. You see a lot of motorcycle helmets like that. They got like that milky look. That's just not enough clear or cheap clear or whatever. Uh, but the old colors, you could, the shit was so thick, you could wet sand it and freaking buff it uh, if right. it was a, a solid color. Metal flakes, you cannot do any wet sanding or buffing on a single stage. But, uh, uh, then you risk exposing the metal and metal rust and all that. So if it's right. true metal flake. But yeah. 
Cool. But I, I, I like the old colors. Uh, there's uh, a buddy bought a brand new Harley Road Glide, and it's a blue, like a medium blue that it just reminds you of like a World War II color. I'm like, hey man, will you be mad if I use that color on the running boards for my freaking my Chevy? Or, and uh, and it, that's the other thing. You don't want to paint something somebody else has got. You know, right. like, hey, nice paint job. I'm gonna put the same one on my bike. <laughs> well, I know, when, like when I bought my Softail, like I wasn't even looking at Softails, but you know, I I got the the blue and white one with the billard blue and yeah. ivory, you know? Yeah, that and old school look. Yeah, yeah. like when I saw that bike, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to buy it. And I bought it for the paint job. I'm not even going to lie, you know? <laughs> just, like that's how important paint can be, you know? And so, you know, as far as an investment goes, like, you know, like trying to sell an old shitty shovel head that you rattle can flat black versus one with just like a nice black paint job. Like, right. You're probably going to recoup that money even if I paid, you know, you to paint it for me. I'm going to see that money back, right? Yeah. Like, it does increase the value of a, of a bike, especially if you don't go too crazy with, you know, something that is too personal, you know? But right. I feel like a black bike, you can almost never go wrong with a black bike, Yeah, there's right? not enough black bikes in the world. Right. right. <laughs> well, um, you know. That's, that's funny because um, I would recommend anybody, if, hey, I'm going to sell my bike. Do you think I should paint it? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's cost effective. But it's not the same for a car. I mean, I can't paint a car for less than three grand, but you're not going to raise the value of your car by three grand because you painted the whole thing all over again. It's better to just like spot repair your car or something like that. Right. But uh, like, I I'm trying to do the uh, the flip a bike things, and I had this bike, and and it was a fair paint job on the bike, and uh, I was just going to get it running and sell it, and I'm like, that's stupid. I paint, you know. Right. Uh, the only thing that bummed me is the paint job I put on it. I've been I had on my head, and I kind of wanted to save it for. Uh, uh, Louis's been talking about getting. Buddy of mine's been talking about getting that on his bike. So before I painted it, I wrote him. I'm like, "Hey, man, how bummed would you be if I put this towel paint job on this bike I'm selling?" And he's like, "Oh, right on, man. So do it. Do what you want to do." So, right. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you could always pull the tins and swap them out because it's a Dyna, and there's plenty of Dyna tins out there. <laughs> yeah, like black bikes. There's not enough Dynas. Right. <laughs> not enough black yeah. bikes or Dynas. Definitely not enough dinos out there. So cool. Well, you got any other uh, pearls of wisdom? Uh, no, if you're a painter, share your knowledge. <laughs> when you learn new stuff, let man, it's okay to let people know. There's not that much demand for painters in the world that, you know, talking to people, other painters especially, about how to do something is going gonna, gonna to ruin your life or put you in the poorhouse. You know, keep the, keep the passion for the bikes and the painting uh, alive pass it on to someone else maybe they'll pass it on to the next generation right on all right man well i appreciate you taking the time to speak to us and uh again that information is on the blog which is in the weeds uh 757.com i think i was gonna tell you i'm like you forgot <laughs> and uh obviously if you're listening to this you probably already know about our instagram which is uh at in the weeds 757 i think so and, of course, the blog is called Choppers in the Weeds because I'm so, real creative. So I know you're signing off, and I'm not supposed to talk anymore. You can talk. I, I, don't, have a, I don't have an Instagram account for the shop, but uh, my Instagram is at uh, Timothy Redman Pew. That's P-W. Uh, and hit me up. Yeah, I'll put a link to that in the uh, – I don't really do show notes. I haven't figured that out yet, but I'll put a link on the blog. 
and uh, yeah, we'll post some of those photos up. And you know, like I said, hopefully get some business your way. Um, yeah, I'll you know. start posting up more. I haven't posted a lot of paint work on there. I'll post a bunch more on it. See, yeah. the idea is to get Tim to quit his job so that he'll hire me and I can come work here and do something besides clean the refrigerator. <laughs> he did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> that was gross. All right, cool. Well, hey, thanks again. And, uh, yeah, go check out Tim's Instagram page and uh, check out the blog article that I'm going to do in conjunction with us. I'll have lots of photos and uh, maybe a little video footage. So go check it out. All right, thanks.